Ask the Podcast Coach for June 15th, 2019. Let's get ready to podcast. And we're back. Hey, welcome aboard. There's that music. That means it's Saturday morning. It's time for Ask the Podcast Coach, where you get your questions answered live. I'm your host, Dave Jackson, from the school of podcasting.com. And joining me right over there. The one and only from live from the Gallup Studios today uh, is the one and only Jim Cullison from TheAverageGuy.tv. Jim, how's it going, buddy? Greetings, Dave. Happy Saturday morning to you. Yeah, the uh, uh, a, a garbage truck hit a power line this morning in our, in our neighborhood. It was so loud, it woke my wife up. And, of course, she had to wake me up. I was sleeping pretty sound. And I would have been okay. <laughs> Even at the power off, I would have been okay. But wiped out our power and our internet. We got power back about 8. So I thought, oh, cool. I'll be good for Ask the Podcast Coach. And no internet. And so they must, they're, wow. maybe they're restringing it. You know, that's, again, when you're doing a live show, that's some of the things you have to think about. So I was like, okay, uh, I guess I need to shower and go into work and do it from the Gallup Studios. <laughs> so it's good to have a backup. Not everybody has a backup studio. So, but it's good to have a backup studio. Yeah. Well, I, we were talking before we hit record. I had a thing, of course, working at Libsyn. I need the internet. So when the internet went out at my apartment, I went to the library and then the library uh, lost electricity. And I'm like, apparently I'm just not going to do any support tickets today. But, uh, well, Jim, it's been what, two weeks now? Has, yeah, we're off. No, we're off last week. I was hiking around Utah, Utah podcast summit, by the way. Yeah. Really cool event. Good. It was at uh, Salt Lake City Community College. Just an awesome modern room facility kind of thing. Uh, they did try one thing. So first things first, great, great organization, great time. But they did try one thing new. Uh, have you ever done like the escape room thing? Oh, yeah. That's real popular right now. Okay. Yeah. Well, it was kind of a, uh, it was similar to an escape room, but they had a bunch of, and I'm only going to call them, and I mean this with the utmost respect, thespians. They had actors. And I mean, these guys were all in. And there was some sort of storyline going on with some, and it was, they're all dressed up in like Old West stuff because it's West. And you had to solve why she was in jail and blah, blah, blah. And I, and the whole thing was in between sessions, you can talk to these people and figure out the mystery, except in between sessions, we wanted to network with each other. And I just went, it just, uh, and they, they all kind of at the end went, yeah, we know that that didn't work. We won't, we won't be bringing that back. (laughs) But, uh, meanwhile, you were talking, how'd your, how'd your gig go where the, the big old audience you're going to be talking in front of? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty great. We had, it was uh, last Wednesday, a week ago, Wednesday, I think it, it was. And so, 400 uh, or at least a room that fit 400 we were pretty close maybe 375 something like that uh live audience again i'd done this two years ago at the clifton strength summit this was the 2019 version of it and there's this time the audience was you know i was surrounded by the audience last time this time the audience was close and more traditional setup you know kind of right in front of you had a co-host with me the last time was pretty staged this time was kind of more off the cuff, more like a real podcast. So we had four interviews that we did, two internal to Gallup, two external coaches that we had. We just called them up on the stage. I had the, the crowd kind of practice cheering in advance, which they were they were just dying to get like <laughs> loud. Um, so we had them practice that in advance. And I told them, okay, in this spot in the podcast, I want you to cheer. And once they started, Dave, I couldn't get them to stop, which was funny. It took, we got about a 15-second track. Exactly. I was like, okay, now you're being sarcastic. Like, just <laughs> settle down. And um, so my uh, video guy here at, at Gallup cut that 15 seconds out and sent it to me. He's like, if you're ever having a bad day, just listen to this. 
right? It's just <laughs> so it was. Um, it's pretty spectacular. Hour and fifteen minutes, maybe. We didn't go forever. There's a, a tendency to, you know, once it's good, just to kind of keep going. Yeah. We normally go an hour, so it wasn't. It didn't go over too uh, too long. But a pretty amazing experience to have 400 of your, uh, and these were, this was after the summit. So people had to kind of stay to come to this. It was uh-huh. kind of officially a part of it, but it was pretty much after everything was over. So um, they, I think they signed me on for next year again. So I think we'll do it again, uh, same spot. And, and uh, it was, it's pretty great to get, I mean, it's, it's pretty great to get out in front of your audience and do this kind of thing live. And the setup was not all that much different than what we do. We had a table, three microphones. We were coming through the sound system. Sound system was routed out through a USB port into the, uh, to a computer. So we nice. could get the sound video came through. In fact, I have the, I have the device here. We, we took it's this. I didn't plan this by the way. It's just sitting here. We have this little star tech video converter. So it's Ooh. USB three in, and then you've got various inputs uh, here that you could do. Um, it, it, most people would use HDMI here. You've got right. DVI, and then this is, I forget what they call this. Yeah. And you would use this one today. No, you would use this one today, HDMI. But like 150 bucks maybe for this thing, and it takes any HDMI camera and makes it USB so you can bring it in through Hangouts, which is pretty cool oh. on the USB cable. Work like a charm. Uh, super easy to set up, and, and it's the first time we've really done it that way. And so audio is coming in on on um, on a mixer. Video is coming in HDMI. We put it to YouTube like you would a Hangout, and we broadcast it live like we normally would. So it worked out pretty well. Nice. Now, when you're doing that, because you know we're kind of used to doing a podcast to tens of people. You know what? What are your feelings before you go on stage? Yeah, well, it's it's different. Like yeah. it's definitely different. Your your you know heart rate's up a little bit. Um, we spent some time, we did a little pre-show, so maybe 15 minutes of kind of talking to the audience before mm-hmm. we got going. So yeah. you kind of get comfortable. I would have hated to do that cold where you're just like, you know, ladies and gentlemen, you know, and then you come up and, yeah. ah, and you know, you're cold. Uh, the pre-show definitely helped us kind of settle in, settle down. But again, around a round table, I was on one side, my host was on the other. We put guests in the middle, one camera shot. I think next year we're going to try for two. We're going to we're going to go big. We're going to go big with two two <laughs> two camera angles. Had a producer in the back helping, kind of just manage everything, you know, from a uh, from a technology standpoint. So yeah, it worked out worked out well. Yeah, I was laughing as they're introducing me to come up on the stage in Utah. I had I only what could be you know you have back spasms. Yeah, right. Yeah. I had I had a and I'm not making this up a butt spasm. <laughs> I was sitting there and my cheeks are just like, they're just clinching and not clinching. And I was like, what's going on with this? And I'm like, well, this is different. I've, so I've, I've been nervous in many different ways over the years. I've never had a uh, a butt spasm. So that was interesting. That does sound like something my dad would have called me when I was younger. You know, <laughs> Get in here, you little butt spasm. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, if you want to join us, you can, uh, you can hop on into the conversation. Just go to askthepodcastcoach.com slash join if you're by any chance listening on spreaker uh we are at askthepodcastcoach.com slash live just so you know uh on spreaker we do not check the chat so uh keep that in mind if you're asking questions over there going nobody's answering the question because we're at askthepodcastcoach.com slash live and jim are you are you ready for i'm going to call a shot here okay do it all right uh you know how every now and then 
about every so many years, you get somebody that says podcasting is dead. I don't know if we're going to have a podcasting is dead, but I think we're going to see a bunch of people stop podcasting. I went out this morning to the Facebook groups that I always do to kind of find different questions. And a lot of them are like, Hey, it's, it's, I've been doing this podcast for six months, uh, a year or whatever. And I'm ready to monetize like, Hey, I've, I've made it. I haven't quit. And it's interesting because people are like, well, you know, how do I, how do I monetize my podcast? So I do the same thing. Best thing is sell your own product. Second best thing is affiliates. Third best thing is probably donations or crowdfunding. And then fourth thing, depending, this one is always, I'm always not sure on this one, whether host read ads or donations. I think it depends on your, your audience. And I go and the last one is that I've now deemed podcast welfare is automatically ad inserted when you're making 0.0017 cents a download. But I just wonder if we're going to see that because it just seems like everybody's like, Hey, I did my thing and now it's time to make the money. And I'm like, mm, not really sure if, uh, I don't know. It, it just seems like, and this is where the money comes. And I'm like, well, it doesn't come automatically. It right. just, Right. Yeah. Well, and I, Dave, that's a really great list. Have you published that somewhere? Have you written that up? And I have not kind of just, you should like, that's a really good list. The way you kind of laid that out and yeah. people will debate, you know, if it should be higher or lower or whatever. Yeah. Okay. But that's a pretty good way of thinking through, I think the, the different options to say, okay. And uh, you know, I'd love to see podcasters spend about a month just doing each, just to kind of see where things turn out. I mean, it's really, really easy. I think to measure your engagement on Patreon, right off the bat. So open a Patreon account, set up some uh, one, a three and a $5 plan and just get your audience engaging with you. We hear this in the Facebook group all the time. Like I never hear from my audience. And you're like, well, maybe you're not trying. Like you need to more than just, I want to hear from you, give them a reason to engage this week. So no, three weeks ago on home gadget geeks, I mentioned cigars. Just, I mentioned them. I lately I've kind of gotten into them and, probably talk about them more than I actually smoke them. You know, it's one of those kinds of things where you kind of obsess more. I, I, you know, anyways, within two weeks, I have two listeners say, Hey, what's your mailing address? I want to send you like, I want to send you, I want you to try these cigars for me. Oh, nice. Oh, okay. So that's pretty cool. But that is a mark of engagement, right? That's kind of like for somebody to contact me and say, um, uh, Hey, I'm interested. Can I just, you know, can I just send you $20 worth of cigars? That's that I think to me, one, it's great, but two, it's a mark of engagement. Ron, he's, uh, he's in our, he's in our chat room uh, all the time. He was on home gadget geeks last Thursday talking about 3d printers and he printed these little badges for me. I never asked Ron to do that. I didn't say, Hey Ron, would you make some badges? He was just, he's a listener and he's just like, Oh yeah, this is what I do. And this is, I'm going to combine my talents with what you're doing. And I think we're going to actually make those badges a Patreon subscription level. You know, if like three bucks, I'll ship you the badge. They're super light. So it's kind of easy. Right. But I think that Patreon step of getting your listeners to engage in what you're doing before you start going after paid sponsors or even affiliate in some cases, give them some easy ways to interact with you. Get a feel for just how many people are out there and how active they are. I don't know. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. And that's what I said to the one person because they, uh, first of all, they said, I'm getting a thousand downloads per month. And I said, okay, not that they're crap, but that's not, you know, that's not really the metric people are using because 60 to 70% of my downloads in a month are not from episodes in the month because they find my stuff. They download old episodes 
So it looks like I'm doing like I, I looked, I was getting 32,000 downloads for the school of podcasting in a month, but I'm only getting somewhere between two and 3000 downloads per episode. So wait a minute, how am I getting, you know, best ever 12,000 downloads, but it shows 30,000 because the other 28,000 are from my back catalog. There's things that weren't released in that month. And I said, there are so many other ways to measure your podcast than just downloads. And you just said it, you know what I mean? Somebody said, Hey, I want to send you cigars. That to me is like, that's cool. That's like, I took some effort though, by the way. Yeah. Well, well, one yeah. of them, a set of them came from Mexico or Belize. They were down South and they bought them in a gift store and brought them in and show. I mean, it took effort to me. That's a huge mark of engagement. You know? yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and um, that is one of the things that Jonathan Oaks who did a great presentation at podcast movement. I want to say 2017 did a thing on Patreon and he said, when do you start a Patreon? And his, his philosophy was when somebody asks you to start one, he goes, if they're not, cause it was funny. Well, it's not funny, not especially not funny then to them. I forgot uh, blueberry launched a Patreon, I guess to like, I don't know. It's Angelo's coffee fund or whatever, because you know, the guy that writes power press and I was like, and I was like, oh, okay, sure, why not? I'll give those, you know, I use PowerPress on a couple sites. Let's let's throw them a bone um, because it's a free plugin, mm-hmm. right? I'm not using their hosting. Might as well throw them a bone for their, their plugin. And I went over and I was like, I wonder how many patrons they have. And it turns out I am 50% of their, their they have two people. Maybe they didn't, maybe they didn't. Uh, that's it. They've advertised mentioned it very well. They've mentioned it once. And I was like, so that's one of those things where you've got, if you're going to do something like that, you have to. You know, it's not a case of just set it up and then, you know, people are going to find it. You have to make sure you keep that in in front of people. So it's it's such a good it's such a good way of of um, giving your audience a reason. And I I think we underestimate the power of how much our audience wants to engage with us once they have found us. I think we think listening is the end, uh, you know, the end goal, get them to download it. Okay, that's a goal, but they really want to interact with you in some way. They really want access to you in some way. They really want, you know, give them a call. Like if your audience is small, we see these on Facebook and I've got, hey, I've got 60 listeners, you know, how do I get more? What are you doing with the 60 you have? Do you know, you have a chance to know all 60 of them if that's, if that's what you, when you're at 6,000, not it's, that's not going to work. Right. Yeah. But when you have 60, you've got this real chance to engage with them. And, you know, Dave, I think about, we got a lot of folks in chat room uh, today. seems like we got a lot more than we normally have. It feels that way. There's a lot, there's a lot of traffic going on out there, but we interact and I have talked to many of them that are out there. I know you do the same thing, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, it's going back to how people want to know you. And there's a great question from Chris Nessie coming up here in a second um, is, I go, of course, I'm a musician, but if you think about it, I know that Jeff Pilson is the bass player of Dokken. And at one point he played for Randy Hansen, who's a Jimi Hendrix impersonator in Los Angeles. People want to know. And so, that, I mean, think about it. Think about how much we know about the Beatles, right. because it, it's not a case of like, oh, yeah, he's the bass player. And then the cute one is the other guitar player. Um, so people do want to kind of dig into they want to get to know you. 
and they want to they want to engage with you when you deliver value. So yeah. for me, any any band that I was like, well, who is this guy and who was the producer? And you you want to know the story of the album and things like that. But um, well, they they also uh, before we get to Chris's question, sometimes they also think you're a big deal. Like at, yeah. at this conference I was at, right? Dave, I took I, I got an email from a buddy. He was like, "Hey, you win the week on Facebook." Holy cow! What are you doing? And I had all these selfies. You know, all these listeners come by, and we took I took hundreds of selfies. And in that niche, I'm super popular. Nowhere else, like right. nowhere else, really. But in this niche, it's super popular. And the, it's you're a big deal to them. Let them be, or you need to. I think it be in a place where they can they can express that appreciation, right? You show up at a conference in Utah. I'm sure you got, um, people knew you there, right? Oh, it was, I, and, and this was the first time that I felt like a quote keynote speaker. Ooh. Like I got picked up at the airport. They're like, you know, they bought me, like I didn't buy any food while I was there. They're like, no, no, you're here. What do you want to do? Yes. And you know, and I was like, wow, I feel right. like, you know, it's like, that was kind of cool. Yeah. They, they treat their keynotes very nice that I got. I, I should have brought it over. They gave me a little like, trophy thing that just said you know utah podcast summit keynote speaker dave jackson i was like well there you go that's cool um well and dave i think and you did really well at this i kind of watched you on facebook interact with this group but when you get in a situation like that and someone's making a big deal out of you don't don't try and don't squash it mm -mm. Don't, don't be oh no no i mean don't be a, don't be a douche either but <laughs> don't 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 squash it. Don't, um, right. you know, enjoy it. They want to do that with you, right? In, in marriage counseling, this is known as acknowledging the feelings. Yeah. So you don't go, no, that's silly. I'm just, oh, don't, no, I don't. Just, I just put one pant on one leg at a time. But like you said, don't the other one go, yes, you can now kiss my ring. No, we're not going to go that route either. So, but um, no, it was, I had one guy say, he goes, I wasn't going to come to this until I heard you were coming. Yeah. And I bought a yeah. ticket immediately. And I was like, I'm glad you're here. So well, and then be available, right? I yeah. think this is the key thing. If you're going to be a keynote, make yourself available before, after, meet with people, talk to yeah. them, be around. You're going to sacrifice time, but th that's your audience, right? Well, that's what I'm there for. I, and somebody said, "Well, do you need?" I said, "I just put me wherever I can meet the most people." Right. And uh, so they had a thing called the the hall. This is where I wish I had reverb. The hall of experts. And uh, I just sat there and asked, answered questions for a while. I had a bunch of people around the table and I was like, it was kind of like ask the podcast coach without Jim. It was kind of sad that way, but um, maybe next time Yeah, next but time. It was, we can do a dual keynote. That would be a good idea. <laughs> you and me dual keynote. Yeah. yeah that'd be cool. That would be fun. Um, so we ready to jump on Chris's question. Yeah, let's do it. All right. He says uh, a lot of podcasters in my niche, which is uh, ed tech take extended breaks and are concerned with staying relevant while on break. So his question then is, how do you stay relevant if you're not creating content? Hmm. That's a really good question. That is. That's a, yeah. that's a hmm. I, I see. Cause here's the thing. If you're taking a break from creating content by publishing, see, I, I don't Re know. Repurpose. I think repurposing some of those things. So taking what you've done before, even well, I, I guess that's creating content. I guess if you're taking a break, you're not spending time repurposing your content. So maybe well, put, I'll use the example of Mike Rowe. Mike Rowe, um, oh crap, I forget the name of his show. That's the way I heard it or something like that. Um, he's on a hiatus now because he wrote a book and he couldn't write a book and put out episodes. So he said, I'm taking a break. But what's he doing while he's taking a break? He's actually creating content. So he's not publishing it yet. He must have a bunch in the can. Because um, see, that's especially in education. I mean, that's that's my wheelhouse. And to me, anytime I had a day off, or I wasn't teaching. I was learning software. I was 
Because if I wasn't continuing to educate myself, I was going backwards. I was, you know, because it's just another, there's just another new software title or something else that's coming out that somebody's going to need taught on. So, yeah, well, just, not, not creating content. I don't think, I think there's things you can be doing and it's not podcasting and you can right. still be, you know, interacting with your, with your listeners or with your audience or whatever. I don't think, cause you skip a couple weeks of, I listen to these guys. It's an entertainment um, podcast. They, they do uh, digital entertainment. So media centers and some of those kinds of things. And they'll take from time to time, they'll take a week off week or two off. They don't announce it. They don't even really apologize for it. They just come back. And like, I have enough things to listen to that. I don't really think, Oh, I wonder where those guys are. Like I haven't said, I mean, I don't think I don't ever have that thought. It just shows back up in my player. So I think sometimes we spend too much time obsessing or thinking about, Oh, I wasn't there this week. And yeah, your numbers will dip a bit and your monthly numbers will be less. If you have three instead of four podcasts, it's going to happen guys. It's the math. <laughs> like it just happens. Get over it and keep going. Yeah. Uh, a, li- a liquid, by the way, if you need, I told her, I said, you should make a business out of this. She, you want to talk about a good tour guide in Utah. First of all, uh, how do you see? I got to be careful because this is part of the school of podcasting. I'm going to talk about my trip to Utah, so I don't yeah, want to talk too much. Don't give it away. It. Although but, you can, it's okay. Uh, but um, she was like the whole. Even she like surprised herself. She's like, I don't think I've ever done this whole park in one day. And uh, but she says, in terms of uh, how do you stay relevant? Um, if you can record some evergreen episodes, you know, while you in your free time, uh, and then have those ready so that you actually while you're taking a break. You're not really taking a break. You've got stuff in the can that goes out. I think, Dave, if you're a if you're a solo podcaster, I think do some interviews mm. off off like the, like the Evergreen. Do some interviews off schedule and have those available. It'll give your audience something different. It'll give you something different to do. It'll make it'll shake things up in the podcast. Vice versa, if you are an interview podcaster. Do a few solo bits. Don't make them long. You know, do 15 or 20 minutes, some little solo stuff, a little bit, maybe a little bit of insight. Tell people if you're, you know, Chris, let's just take Chris, for example. He does all this ed tech stuff. Make a make one where you share something personal. I, I, I totally underestimated the power of having both my wife and my daughter on my podcast in the last two months have been some of the highest rated podcasts I've done yet because it's my family. Right. And people again, people want to know about you. So I, I like that idea. You can record some of those ahead of time. Interview is easy if you're solo and maybe vice versa and, and have them available, you know, sitting yeah. in the can. Yeah. Speaking of liquidity, she says, uh, any good suggestions for publishers? I'm going to have my book finished in two months. Yes. Self-publish said the guy that's now working with a publisher. Uh, I have yet to dig in deep. In fact, I haven't signed my contract yet, but I'm actually going to publish uh, the new edition of more podcast money, which I'm about, 30% done with um, they want 50,000 words and I'm up to 12 and I'm like, okay. Uh, and the, and the reason if somebody said, why are you going with a publisher this time? Cause I've never gone with a publisher and I have, unless the contract is absolute like crazy bad, I just want to do it cause I've never done with a publisher, but I just know when I published uh, more podcast money, the first time on Amazon, it's really not that hard. You just go through kdp.amazon.com. It's got to be in the proper format and then you make all the money. Now, the bad news is you have to pay for the editor. You have to pay for the book cover, you know, and things like that. So you're going to put more money out front. But I definitely that book ended up making money. It took a while, 
Uh, it's, it's been out five, six years. So, um, but I sell like a copy a month, you know, now. So I'm like, all right, there's another eight bucks or whatever. Um, but um, I will talk to you. There's a, a bunch of stuff because here's the cool thing that you talk about opportunities. I had a um, one of my clients. I don't do a lot of audio editing, but uh, I have literally two. And one of them sent me a new person that said, hey, Dave can help edit your show. And she's a book guru. So I'm like, oh, this is the best. So I just edit her show now and I'm getting all these tips. Cause there's a there's a place called, I think it's draft, draft the number two something, draft to publish or something like that. And that's an interesting thing where they do everything for you, but they take 10% of your your book sale. And then you get 90% of it and they list it for you everywhere. Um, but it's uh books are kind of interesting. Books also, by the way, are a lot like podcasts. You think writing the book is the hard part. Uh that is not the case. Um, it's, uh, in the same way that recording and publishing the podcast, that's the easy part, even though it's not easy. Um, getting people to listen is the, um, that's the fun part. So same thing with a book. Um, you, you write the book and then you go, Oh, it's on Amazon. Here we go. You know, manna from heaven. And then like, not, not, yeah, not so much. It's a, it's that book publishing. I wish that upon no one. Yeah. You know, some people say, Hey, you're going to write a book. I'm like, no, not ever. Not, it just, it's not in me. Don't, don't want to, I have 1500 podcasts out there. I think I'm, I think I'm good. Should we see, should we see if I can break the screen again? We do know that if this this doesn't work, I will just come out and come back in because we tried this on the last episode and it was just like, uh, okay. Screen sharing. Yes. Share the screen. Uh, because we wanted to last month. Oh yeah, we got we got to do that for sure. We want to thank some some lovely people. Hey, there it is. Okay, cool. So, and in theory, uh, our twenty dollar uh, patrons, you can become a patron by going to askthepodcastcoach.com slash awesome. So, we want to thank awesome people like Greg over at debtshepherd.com, Glenn the Geek Hebert over at horseradionetwork.com, Josh Rivers at podcastingexperiments.com, Max Trescott at aviationnewstalk.com. Shane at spybrary.com. Carrie Bond over at keywestperspective.com slash podcast. She does the Key West Perspective. Uh, my buddy Ronsley down in Australia at mustamplify.com. Carl White at Life in the Carolinas podcast. That's Carolinas with an S. Life in the Carolinas podcast.com. Kim Cradgy at toastmasters101.net. And in a bit, uh, we'll do the ten dollars ones, and then we'll we'll, we'll cut this fifty fifty. Uh, our ten dollars supporters, we thank you. This would be Jeffrey Hallish at Podnuts. That's with a Z. P O D N U T Z dot com. It's a computer repair podcast. Uh, Jonathan Bloom over at WeeklyAwesome dot com. Mike Delaney at uh, BabyMountainRadio dot com. And also, he does a show called Caregivers for Dementia. And I just realized I need to update his domain. Uh, Nick Suberling at Cincinnati Soccer Talk dot com. Sean Park at BeYourOwnNerd.com, Barry Kessler at BarryKessler.com, Jay Cleveland Payne at MoreBetterMedia.com, and we will do our $5 supporters in another segment. And in theory, if I click this, we're back to normal. There we go. Yay! Nothing locked up or died. That's always fun. Uh, let's see here. Um, what are they talking about in the chat room? I think that's the well, number. There's a this three percent number. Uh, Bangs was saying, uh, "Hey, we were talking about engagement," and he said, "Isn't engagement like three percent in that a number?" And I think that's like a community number we throw around a lot. I, I bet if you you go back to someone who said it, who said it, who said it, it probably goes back to a quote of some 
I think what we think is commonly known as email marketing and survey numbers. In other words, if you send out a survey, you get generally about a 3% response rate from your listeners when you're doing that. I think that's where that 3% number comes from. I would agree in a lot of cases, engagement, you know, going back to that conversation, it's very, very difficult to get anything out of listeners. If you have a hundred, that means if you have a hundred and you ask them to do something, three are going to do it. And, and yeah, that's, I, I think that's a, that's kind of accurate. Depends on your engagement. And I think it depends on how engaged you are with them. If it's a one way conversation and you're not, you're not doing anything with them. I think that number is pretty accurate. I think if you spend more time with them, if you interact with them, if you show them, read emails that you get on your show, prove to them that you're doing some interaction, I think those numbers go way up. Dave, on my show, whenever I read emails, I get more emails in the, in the weeks afterwards, right? And when I, when I prove to them that I'm, I care about them and I'm including them on my show and I want them in there, I get more engagement that way. And if it's just a one-way conversation, you're not going to get very much. But that 3% number, Dave, do you, you know where that comes from or, 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 I, or is that close? I just have, I got this from uh, Jared Easley's book. Oh, it's something like Good to Great or something like that. Uh, it's not Stop Chasing Influencers. It's his other book. And this is from a website, ringold.net. And this guy says, uh, we talked about refusing to be average. And I stated that one of the first steps to not being average was to make a list of your goals in two, for 2005. Very few people make a list each year. And I challenged people to send me their 2005 goal list and said I would be their cheerleader. Out of 96 subscribers at the time, only four people sent me a copy of their goals. Uh, now, that doesn't necessarily mean that people didn't make a, a list. But odds are, it's possible that their goals were very private and they didn't want to share them with a stranger. Uh, maybe it just slipped their minds, but for whatever reason, only four people out of 96 goal out of 96, which of course is, you guessed it, 3.125%. Uh, my good friend, whoever this person is, an advisor, Mitch Mitchell of Team Mitchell Consulting, mirrored the same sentiments to uh, the readership of his management newsletter. Send me your 2005 goals and I will be your cheerleader. And you guessed it, he got 3%. Um, out of 100 people who go to a seminar to learn, would you care to guess what percent that research shows will actually do something to that they use with that information? You guessed it, 3%. And he just goes through a list of a whole bunch of things, that like 3%, 3%. There's a thing on, um, I'm somehow going to put this into the school of podcasting. It's just depressing. I actually was going to put it in last week's episode, and I'm like, this is so, I, I refer to this affectionately as peeing in someone's Cheerios, is and I think I did this on this show. I actually did this on the show um, that the average, it, according to Patreon on their on their blog, it says one to five percent, and the average person donates seven bucks. And I did the math that if you want this and you want to, and it just all of a sudden you're like, I need a lot more listeners if I'm going to make a living just using Patreon. And I'm like, um, yeah. So that's uh, or have better engagement. I mean, you, you can that three percent number is not locked in stone. No, you, that's true. You can get better engagement than that. I, yeah. I, I, you know, I don't. I think it just kind of depends on what you decide to do with your audience. And yeah. it, if you don't do anything, Bangs is saying, you know, I that you know maybe hire for celebrities. I and I disagree with that too. You, well, unless you're you call yourself if people, you know. People, some people would say, well, you're a celebrity, Jim. Well, no, I'm not really. I'm just famous in Gallup because I do a lot of work for Gallup, right? So Gallup employee or Gallup folks know me. But 
it's because I interact with them every day. I spend hours on Facebook with them, hours a day. Like people are like, how do you do that? Um, I do it. You know, you actually have to do it. You can't fake that. You can't fake engagement back to your audience. You have to give the time to get it done. Jim, here's here's a fun. I'm not sure how I feel about this. Illiquity says, I'm going to try something new, which is good. It's always good to try something new. I'm going to mention people who leave a review on Apple Podcasts to my show. Is that a good or bad idea? Yeah, no, I think it's a good idea. Yeah, they, I, they've posted it in public. I, I think it's a good idea, but not no, not a lot of people. Not everybody's going to do that. I, Ask them to email that review to you. Well, what I like to do is mention the people, which I don't. I should that leave a review. What I don't think is useful is when somebody goes, "Hey, um, Big Snot thirty six said, Dave, love your show. You're the best." All right, next up, Mom's Taxi ninety seven said, "Dave, I've been listening to you for years. You're the best ever." And then here, you know, little Jimmy and the skids says, Dave, this is the best show ever. I'm so I'm like, I don't think people I don't think my audience gets anything from hearing how great I am by other people. Yeah. But I do think you should you should say, hey, I want to thank so much for, you know, Bobby Two Toes for the review on iTunes. If you want to give me a, a review in iTunes, feel free. It's school of dot com slash iTunes, except I would want to say Apple Podcasts. I need to change my uh Quick link. And please don't say it helps me be found. That drives me nuts because it doesn't help you be found. It's 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 uh, social proof. But I the, think reading negative reviews is better, to be honest. Ah, when, when that's pe- why. Yeah. When people give you feedback, that's when you want to read them because your audience will rally behind you. And that's it. Right. And so um, and. I ask a question. I went to our Facebook group. Oh, this was maybe a year ago. And I was like, hey, I'm thinking about changing my intro. What do you like about it? What do you don't like about it? And one of the guys goes, I've been listening to you for five years. I still don't understand what you're saying in the intro. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, God. And so I went back and listened to it. And sure enough, the music was too loud. And you could not hear what I was saying. But, okay, let's take it. Took a risk for him to say, I can't hear you. Like, I honestly can't, I don't, I don't even know what you're saying. And we, I talked about that on the show and got some more feedback around it. And that creates this engagement of, and I fixed it, right? That is way more helpful than I think what you're saying is great show, Dave. I don't, again, I don't think that engages anybody. Read your negative feedback. And, and, and you made a great point. There are certain things that we know and we've always known because it's our show. And so many people, I think, are afraid to self-promote. That if somebody said, Dave, what's the name of your show you do on uh, Saturday morning? I'd go, oh, it's uh, it's uh, Ask the Podcast Coach. I, I kind of I run through it. Ask the Podcast Coach because I'm kind of like, oh, I don't want to like really promote myself. And so many people, I'm like, like they'll say, they'll call in like at the question of the month. Hey, this is, uh, you know, uh, Sarah Smith and I do the uh, Living With Other And I'm like, and I literally have to go down and like, I'm in Hindenburg slowing it down. Living with liver stuff. Okay. Got it. You know, I'm like, what was dude? Best new podcast name, by the way, living with liver stuff. No, uh, (laughs) no, this is for a vegan show. I'm, I'm doing the thing and I'm talking about passion in my presentation in Utah. And eventually I'm going to put that presentation in the Patreon group, by the way. But I, I I just typed in vegan podcast. Ready for the name of the show. Mm, Go ahead. Lisa beats your meat. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, Best vegan name ever. <coughs> that was, uh, that was, oh different. my gosh. So it's good stuff. That's good stuff. Yeah. Well, you know, that there's a little, there's some, just some counterintuitive 
pieces on that, getting that feedback. And, um, and I've had, you know, I've got negative feedback in Reddit and we still have, we got a piece of negative feedback years ago. This had probably been seven years ago about congratulatory backslapping, right? In other words, we had done a 100 episode where we just, we are so good, you know, and the guy, the guy could have been a gal wrote in and said, like, there's an hour of my life. I'm never going to get back. (laughs) (laughs) And he was, and he was, and they went on, you know, it was just on and on and all this congratulatory backslapping. What happened to the content? And we read that and we still read that. And that is still a reminder to me sometimes like, okay, celebrate a little bit, but you're here to give value and content. Move on. Celebrate. It's good. The audience wants that, but you can't overdo it. Well, that statement, our listeners still quote back to us sometimes too. And and it kind of creates a little rallying point, you know, so don't underestimate the power of negative feedback in what you're doing. Yeah, it was, uh, it's funny you bring up the the V word value. I was sitting at the back of the room watching a panel on monetization in Seattle and they would say things like, well, you can do the da, 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 da. And I would just go, if you deliver value and you can do the such and such. And I go, if you, I'm like, please somebody say, if you're like, we're all assuming. And it was funny. I looked like I was uh Kreskin for all of us that remember Kreskin, the psychic. Um, somebody, you don't remember Kreskin? He used to like, he'd sit there and, oh, you're feeling, oh yeah, this, he was a weird, he was like on Merv Griffin a lot. I'm really Carson weird. did something like that too. It wasn't yeah, he? Carniac, the- uh, Carniac, Car- Carniac, Car- something. Yeah. 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 But, um, Somebody said, well, how long? Because there was one guy that was making money and he was basically just using his podcast to build an email list. Shocking. Mm -hmm. The money's in the list. Let's Mm -hmm. use the podcast Mm -hmm. to build a list. And somebody said, how long did it take you to really start, you know, making some income with that? And I just, again, I'm in the back room. I just went three years. And he goes, "Um, around three years. And I'm like, there you go. There's that magic number again. I hear it all the time. Man, if it's three years, I should be rich by now because I'm coming up on nine. Yeah. And so it's, it's, uh, it's three years of three years of three years, but yeah, no, right on. I think you got to kind of make yeah. that, make that work. Yeah. So, uh, it was, uh, it was a good time though. The other thing I thought was hilarious. First of all, Chris Holyfield and his wife, Chrissy do not, we, they, they were trying to call her Christina and she's like, I feel like I'm in trouble now all the time. Cause people are using her full name, but, uh, he was on the monetization panel and he goes, one of the things that really changed his mind about monetizing his podcast, everybody's favorite thing. <laughs> they had a baby. And I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, that will change your, <laughs> that will change your mind on, uh, on that real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. This one, I got to share a link with you. And I just went, it's from our good friends at Simplecast, And I, I have friends over there at Simplecast, but they're asking a question is there a gender pay gap? Is there a pay gap in podcasting? And my first reaction, and I'm probably going to get in trouble with this, because if they're saying that men are making more money than women, I just said, hey, if there's, if there's a guy and a girl and they have the same exact audience size and the same exact audience and the guy's getting paid more than the female, that needs to be fixed. I'm definitely on board with that. I said, but let's not forget who were the first guys into the podcasting pool? Old white dudes. So if an old white dude has been doing a podcast for seven years and you start a podcast and you're a female podcaster, and you've been doing it for two. There's a really good chance. The guy with five years, you know, head start on you is going to make money. But I went over and took that survey. It was, it was really interesting. Yes. Karnak the Magnificent. Yes. Yeah, Thank you. you know, back to the um, person. But I just, I, to me, I was like, really? 
there's so many I guess maybe it's just maybe because I'm a middle-aged white dude when I see things about pay gaps I'm like are, is this what we're going to talk about when it comes to podcasting and there there was some some people that were like putting gifts of people rolling their eyes like uh, but again, those are probably dudes. Well, so it, this is a tough issue. And, you know, my day job is recruiting. So we talk about right. this. We talk about this all the time. And I just heard a stat and hadn't really thought of it this way. You know, the, the, the gender gap in America, I can, I can kind of speak to that. I can't speak to it around the world, but maybe in America. Um, there's some thoughts and feelings that, that we, we definitely men in the United States make more than women on average right. kind of on industry. That's a, that's a, that's kind of a definite truth there. Yeah. At oh, least yeah, as the I, I'm not debating that at all for but the record. Interestingly, one of the reasons people believe that to be true is a lot of times uh, based on some cultural pressures, women don't feel like they can negotiate as hard or they're willing to take less in roles that men were men might negotiate a little bit, a little bit harder. And, um, and I think sometimes too, and, and ladies, I think you have the, I, by the way, I think you have the advantage in podcasting, not the disadvantage really besides this show. Nobody wants to hear two white dudes, two old white dudes talking like for the most part. Right. Um, uh, but, but I think that when we get the ladies on podcasts, it's way more engaging. I think the engagement numbers would be higher. I think in some cases they can be, um, more interesting and come at it from a different angle, right? We need that gender diversity, just like we need race diversity in podcasting to make this work. We definitely need that gender diversity because Dave, we can't, there's topics where you and I, we just can't talk about because we don't know. We don't, we've right. never done them. We haven't experienced them, right? Those kinds of things we can't do. We need that diversity. So I want to say, ladies, if you feel like you can't ask for more, stop doing that. You're, you're worth a ton. Yeah. And I like to say maybe more, but we're all worth a lot. So let's just put it that way. Just don't, you know, don't hold back from that. And then two, I think, no, we need that. We need your, and it's getting a lot better, but we need your gender diversity in podcasting. So yeah, we definitely need, yeah, we definitely need that. And if you're a woman of color, please come into the space. But I was, I was actually laughing last night because I'm right now I'm supposed to be at WordCamp Kent. I actually was like, eh, I'm going to do Ask the Podcast Coach because I'm, I'm not speaking till tomorrow. But I was laughing because I hung out with Liquidity for two days. And, you know, it's, oh, the sky at, at night is just awesome. Mm. And so we're having some, some interesting, some, some, some kind of deep dive conversations about childhood and what, what shapes you as a person and blah, blah, blah. I go to the WordCamp thing and I'm surrounded by a bunch of dudes. And I'm not making this up. We talked about sports, uh, the weather. And I think that was it. What's wrong? And, and a little bit about what we were talking about. You know, now granted, yeah. Yeah. I just met these people. I've known Liquidity right. for years, but I was just kind of like, yep, this is a dude talk. Let's okay. Oh, we're going to switch from baseball to football. All right, let's go. Woohoo. You know, it was just, it was kind of funny though. Yeah. Well, ladies, be empowered. Get out there and do it. Don't, don't, you know, don't be afraid. It, I think podcasting can be the great equalizer in a lot of ways because oh. there are, I don't, I don't know if there's a lot of those. Um, same things that we see in corporate America, you know, uh, there's, there's a saying that's been going around, right? There's more CEOs named John than there are women who are CEOs here in the United States. Like, you wow. st- yeah, you start thinking like, Oh, right. Well, that's not a problem. You just don't start appointing all of a sudden you don't just start appointing women as CEOs. It takes, that's a pipeline that takes years to fix. We have been working on the STEM pipeline. You know, uh, the United States has a problem with tech, uh, tech uh, jobs and we just don't we're not training and we're getting not getting our students 
trained early enough and enough STEM roles. Well, that's not a problem you fix in college. Like it's too late by the time we get there. That's a problem you got to fix in elementary school. We got to get more students, more opportunities. We need to get more ladies, more leadership opportunities so that they're there when that when those CEO selection things come along. It's a long pipeline to get fixed. And, and so we've got a lot of work to do. But I think in podcasting, because those structures don't necessarily exist, because anybody can go out and create a podcast and put it anywhere, because anybody can be famous and popular based on what they drop out there, based on the hard work that they do. I think it's a little more of an even playing field. So I'd encourage ladies to get out there and get it done. Help us out. Yeah. I just, I remember the good old days of, you know, the, the very first, like the first three years of podcast events where it was a just giant sausage party, you know? And I remember like two years at, at podcast movement, walking down the hallway with Rob Greenlee and there were all these people in the hallway sitting there and 90% of them were women. And I go, Mm -hmm. things have changed. I said, Mm -hmm. this is great to see. So, Mm -hmm. um, says, that I've never felt a barrier in podcasting from being female, only from not knowing how to do something. Yeah. No, right on. I think it's an equalizer. It, yeah. it, it definitely, it, it definitely. And by the way, it's also a diversity. When we think about, you know, we think about race, it, it's a, it's a fairly even playing field. That's not, I say that. And there are still some areas, Dave, you know, I, my office, I've got seven PCs in there and that's, I mean, there's some money wrapped up in my office, yeah. Um, not everybody has those kinds of opportunities. And so maybe there, maybe there are still some barriers like in, in some of these areas where both or money, maybe money is an issue. Although you say all the time, you can do it on your phone and you can, yeah. you can, you can, you know, you don't, you don't have to have all that equipment. So some good things, some serious things. I, this may be the most serious conversation we've had in a while. I, yeah. I think these are, the, I think these are really great things to talk about, by the way. I'm I'm proud that we get a chance to do it here. I, I, I want to go back and watch the video as I'm reading this to watch Jim's face go, whoa, is that where we're going? Uh, well, you know where we need to go. We need to go over here and thank some more awesome supporters, uh, the people that give us $5 a month, uh, awesome people like Corey Finneran from Ivy Envy, Eric Hunley from InstructuredPod.com. Uh, some woman named Illiquity. I keep hearing that name from TravelGlutenFree.me or the new TravelGlutenFreePodcast.com. That's right. Two domains to the same website. Why not? It's easy to remember that way. Uh, Jason at CUATX.com. Jeremy Dennis at TransmissionsPodcast.com. Some guy named Jim Collison from TheAverageGuy.tv. <laughs> Joe Salcihai from Stacking Benjamins. Joe Taylor at OnFaithsEdge. Dot com Kim Sosher at Distracted Life Podcast, Michael Ray, uh, Master Cauldron at cauldronscript.com, Rob Griffiths at bedtime.fm. If you go slash storytime or slash peace out, you'll find him. Troy Heinrichs from the blacklistexposed.com, which has been picked up for another season. So Troy has more podcasting to do. Uh, Kyle at gagglepod.com, Matthew at scottishpodcast.com, Chris Holyfield, I just mentioned him. I am saltlake.com. I got the sticker on my iPad. Uh, Ed Ryan from Podcasting for Radio Dummies, Ross Brand from LivestreamUniverse.com, Ryan P. Jackson at MyPerfectPodcast.com. Our $1 appreciation people, we thank you so much. Alan Palmer, uh, Adam Higgins at OddDadOutPodcast.com, Anthony Arno at Route66Podcast.com, Audio Dice Network, find them at AudioDice.net, Barb over at Anchor.fm slash BarbTUSA, uh, Brandon at seahawkerspodcast.com, David at Ottawa Works, uh, Dan over at based on a true story podcast.com, 
Emily, the one and only Emily from the story behind podcast.com. Uh, Garrett Godfrey at utrmedia.org. Uh, Bumble. You got to love Bumble at mask. That's M A S Q me.org. Uh, Gary and Margaret at beekeepingpodcast.com. Craig at ingleaspodcast.com. Uh, Chris and Brandon at Florida Focus Uh, International Latin Podcast Awards. Find them at latinpodcastawards.com. James at creepykingdom.com. Jeff at Disney. Now, this is this is cute. D I Z N E Y. Disney Coast to Coast.com. The ultimate Disney fan podcast. Uh, Jason at TV Times Three, and that is T H R E E. Jay Poole at Pot. I always want to say pot stir. It's it is pot stir. I I go dyslexic. I always think it's post stir. It's pot stir podcast.com. John at soberspeak.com. Lucas at try. Hmm. See, I need to. The thing is, I'm reading this off the uh, what you call it? The story. What is this thing called? Um, what is this called? Streamyard. And it's smaller. Uh, triangle tactical dot net. Uh, Josh at on the bubble dot com. Uh, Mark from resourceful designer dot com. Mike over at create a pod. Wait, create pod, a podcast about the art of podcasting. Find it at create pod ATX dot com. Yeah, that's a competitor, by the way. That is a competitor. That's an easy <laughs> way to get your 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 show. Yeah, just be a patron. Uh, Patrick over at big seance podcast dot com. Paul at fightingthroughpodcast.co.uk, Randall at randallblack.com, Wild Davis Jr., Steve Sleeper at earn.show, uh, Sean at clarinet.com, that's a show about the clarinet, uh, Wayne at mediavoiceovers.com, and Cody Sison. So if you want to be, oh, I forgot one almost, uh, Zach over at uh, com. So if you'd like to be an awesome supporter, simply go over to askthepodcastcoach.com slash awesome. Thank you so much. Every time we read that list, I am super impressed by just how many folks uh, support you, Dave, in what we do here. So I appreciate that as well. Well, it's it's a case where, you know, obviously I have more one dollar supporters than whatever. But I had somebody last night on Facebook said, you know, some of these places where I list my show, like, is it even worth it? And I'm like, if it gets you five more people. It took you five minutes. You do it once. That that makes me really scratch my head because I've seen that a couple times. I'm like, well, I'm in Apple. I'm in Google. And I know you've talked about the different places you link mm-hmm. to. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, it's free. It gets you more. It's free exposure. I'm like, why do I have to talk you into this? Yeah. Uh, Illiquity has a question here. Which name do you like better? A, sex, babies, and money, or B, sex, money, and babies? Hmm. Mm-hmm. What? Sex, sex, babies, and money, or sex, money, and babies? I think you could go either way on that, just to be honest. Ne- yeah. Neither one of those is like, you know. Or do we go money, sex, and babies? That's Now, there you go. Because that kind of lines up with the the other phrase we say, right? When money, what what's the, is there, well, sex, lies, and videotape, right? That's the one people would right. know that those three, that triplet. I do like, there's something about triplets, right? There's something about using, oh, yeah. you were talking about comedy, right? Where it's da-da-da-da, da-da-da-da, crack the joke, right? Da-da-da-da, yeah. right? This oh, yeah. rhythm. Yeah. And I think there's there's something entitling, too, or to, to where we have these threes, these triplets, where they come together. Uh, most people can remember triplets easier than they can they can memorize four or five things in a row. At Gallup, you know, we have this top five thing that we talk about mm-hmm. all the time, these Clifton strengths. 
and everybody are like, hey, what's your top five? And they'll go boom, boom, boom. They'll say three and then they'll struggle <laughs> with four and they can't remember five. Like yeah. it's just so um, I do a liquidity. I think there's you're on to something there with kind of the triplet. I like that. If you can do a title in a triplet form, it's it, the, the brain remembers it. I wonder why three is the magic number. There must be something about that with our brain where we can just because you can remember three of anything, three numbers, three yeah. words. Those things are those are pretty easy to remember. Throw in a fourth. Things get a little jiggly. That's it. I don't know why that is. Uh, the other thing I wanted to make sure to mention today, and uh, Todd Cochran had put this out. If you're doing the thing where you have, it's in, I believe the phrase I'm hearing is Apple is going to de-emphasize the Apple title. And so what I now refer to as, if you go into Libsyn or any other program, you have a title. I call that now the title for everybody. And then there's a title for Apple. And if you go in and you're following the rules, so you have your, let's say your, your episode is, you know, ask the podcast coach.com or ask the podcast coach, June 15th episode. I have no idea what this is. 279. And I put that in the title for everybody. Then I go down to the Apple title and I go, okay, ask the podcast coach, June 15th. And then I put the 279 in the, the actual field for the episode number. It's fun. Apple loves to confuse people. If you go to what I'm now calling the the web-based version of Apple Podcast, it does not show your episode number. So it's like, but I followed the rules and it's, yeah. So just keep that in mind. And that doesn't mean you should stop doing that because it does work in the Apple Podcast app. But that's one of those things that I, I know I get that. A lot. I just, people really, the, the thing that's kind of fun, and I will put a link in the uh, the show notes here. James Cridlin did a great uh, article on 19, I think it is different apps and how they all display things slightly different to where I always make sure my show notes, my episode notes look good in Apple podcasts. Cause that's where the majority of the people are listening to my show. But if it's a case where I wanted to, you know, do this or that, and I'm like, well, it's, you know, um, whether it's blueberry or, Podbean or whoever, many times they give you nice, clean HTML and then the app developers just go and just ruin it. So I know um, if you try to put an actual image in your show notes, not like in the artwork part for the the feed, but an actual like it's a website. I want to put a piece of artwork there. I know overcast, you have to click a button to show the artwork and some of them, like I think Apple podcast just goes, uh, uh-uh, not going to do it because that that kind of stuff you get into an area where it's like you're kind of doing stuff in your feed. That's really meant more for a website. You're trying to turn your feed into a website. And that's, that's something I'm actually on the fence, Jim. I don't know. Here's the thing. I want to have my show notes. So I'm trying now to cut down. Cause I, I mean, I write war and peace for my show notes and I'm trying now to have bullet points links to anything I mentioned. And then for more information, go to the website where you can see the pretty website notes. And I think that's probably what I'm going to do in the future because it just seems on one hand, I want to have everything there and you could read it. But on the other hand, I, I wonder on a phone if anybody's looking at that. And it's that's the that's the million dollar question. What are they yeah. looking at? Um, my tech podcast. They just want the bare minimum, just links like just you, you mentioned something. I want to go check it out myself. Get that link in there so I know where you're going. Well, they really, really, really complain when I don't put the links in there. The Gallup site completely different. They actually want more transcript. Like I, the 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 feedback I get from the Gallup listeners is, 
can you just put a readable transcript on there? Because sometimes I want to read rather than listen. So two totally different audiences want two totally different things. I never get a, a, a link uh, request on the Gallup side, and I never get a transcript request on the on the tech side. I think it depends on your audience and what they're kind of what they're looking for. Dave, I've gone to a completely stripped down for the tech show, a completely stripped down version just to make the because the players are stripping out links and they're stripping out. I mean, they're stripping out everything, and you're kind of like, well, this is kind of worthless. Um, I don't know how many people flip on their phones to start going to read things. That doesn't seem like that would be really convenient, but I think you'd be surprised at what people actually do. This is a great audience survey. This is where you should, Hey, I'm doing some things. In fact, maybe I'll do that again for, uh, for my tech side and say, what what, what are you guys looking for in show notes? Do you even read them and, uh, and see what they say? I think maybe it's a good time for me to survey them again, just to see if I'm doing the right thing. Yeah, because I always try to give a paragraph so people know what's in it so they can decide if they want to listen or not. Um, And then bullet points of what we cover. Again, that's kind of like the paragraph. Uh, And then links. So if I mention anything, because that's that's the thing that drives me nuts. If somebody mentions like, this is one of the best books I've ever read. And I go to their episode notes and I'm like, where's the link to the book? And then I've got to go back and go, what was the name of the book again? And I'm trying to find it. and And then you quit and you don't do it. Because you you had a hard time finding it. Yeah, that is Google is not a big fan of all the links, by the way, just the links. They want 600 to 1000 words on a post to to rank it. And so there's this pressure to put paragraphs of things on there, even though that's not always what people want. So there's those you're fighting against those things. I think ultimately do it actually gets it done for you and get it out there. You know, 99% of your listeners are going to listen to the podcast and never go to the show notes. They just don't, they don't do it very, they don't, they do not do it very often. Yeah. The, uh, we did have another question here in Facebook that I found, and I just want to make a point on this. This is from uh, Gregory Heller. He says, I'm looking for the best or low cost option for recording phone or Skype or other web conference interviews with solid voice quality and ideally a different track for each speaker. Uh, really only two speakers. He says, I've used zoom and the audio audio quality is totally dependent on the mic the other person is using. And I'd like to use my local recording of myself, making the production take a far longer, making the production take far longer. So silencing myself on the Zoom recording uh, ideas. I'm not interested in hardware solutions at this time. Why? The reason I wanted to bring this up, he says, it seems the audio quality is totally dependent on the mic of the other person. And that's not going to be a platform solution. I mean, if somebody's using the built-in microphone of their laptop switching from Skype to Squadcast isn't going to really do much for you. Now, Squadcast will give you a a separate channel, and then you'll have the ability to try to run some post-processing on that. But uh, I just, I think that's the thing for me. I totally take for granted that everybody I interview has a microphone because they're a podcaster. And I, as I talk to more people, I'm like, that really is the problem is you're dealing with, like I had a, a client this week and they're doing a show about women uh, pharmacists. So talking about women in podcasting and, she, and I said, okay, well, there's a, and she goes, no, no, you don't understand the person's going to be doing this. Uh, we're doing phone. And I'm like, okay, phone is not my favorite choice. And they're like, but I'm going to be on a computer and this and that. And I was actually telling them, I'm like, really, the roadcaster might be a great solution because it makes things so easy. Yes, it's expensive, but it is easy. 
And uh, I said, because in the end, I said, if you can avoid the phone, you can. But uh, just, you know, that's that's. And then I started thinking, and this is where uh, it's easy for the guy that deals with everybody that has a microphone to say. And I looked up, I'm like, well, this is a great question for about 10 minutes ago. (laughs) Um, uh, You know, it's easy for me to say, well, if somebody doesn't have at least something above the built-in laptop microphone, then they can't come on the show. And I'm like. And that's easy for me to say because everybody I deal with has a microphone. I don't know. What do you, what do you I'd do? Still, I'd rather have them on a phone than the laptop microphone. That is the world's worst. I want to just, my ears bleed when I hear that, when I hear somebody's camera, uh, camera mic, or even these C920s that are supposed to have good microphones. They're not very good because oftentimes the camera is pretty far away. So that's my least favorite. I'd rather, if, if a phone is the only option, then let's get, especially if it's an iPhone or a newer Android, just get them on the phone. And and if you can get a digital connection through something like Teams or Skype or Voxer, that's probably not one you would want to use. Um, any of those clients where you can make that connection and record it, I think you're 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 in pretty good shape. Those get them in a quiet place. That's probably the most important thing. There is to get them in a place that's quiet. We've moved away um, from. We used to ship these mics, and we've moved away from them because the headsets, the Plantronic headsets that are out right now are actually really, really good. And they yeah. sound they sound great too. USB, 80 bucks, you know, same kind of same price as one of these for most people. Now for most offices are supplying some kind of headset. And so you're like, hey, do you have a you have a headset at the office you can use? Yeah. Okay, great. We don't even think twice about it. So I think it's getting to be less of an issue if it's gonna but that's the progression, right? If if they're gonna be on analog phone no, that's not even the worst. The laptop is the worst. Then analog yeah. phone, then digital phone, then maybe with a mic, you know, then maybe with a mic or a headset and uh, and try to work them towards that. Here's the deal, Dave. This is what I found. I know we got to drop. When I've said, hey, do you have anything better? They go, mm, and when I don't go, oh, that's okay. I just wait. Usually they find it, you know, they go. So, you know, sometimes if you, if you let them out of the hook too soon. Yeah. They'll be like, oh, well, this will be fine. I go, well, do you have anything better? And we just wait, you know? And they're like, well, I think maybe they're waiting for me to let them off the hook. And I don't. I'm just like, let's find something better. So that can happen too. And most times they do find something. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Well, uh, we're going to do some post-show here going forward. but uh, And we're actually going to talk about David Letterman and Ellen DeGeneres based on the last point you just made. Wow, nice. Uh, if you're watching the chat room, first of all, thanks to the chat room. Uh, it's great to be back. I miss the show when I don't get to do it. And uh, we will be uh, here, and I'm not going anywhere for a while. How about you, Jim? Uh, no, I'm around all summer. We don't. Nothing starts again until till fall, so looking forward yeah, to it. Summer, summer podcasting. Don't forget Dad tomorrow. So tomorrow's Father's Day, so if nothing else, send the guy, send the old man a card or something or a tie or a beer or get him a cigar or whatever. And uh, Jim, what's coming up on the average guy.tv? Yeah. We spent some time talking, talking with Ron about 3d printers. So if you're, this has been something that's been around a long time, but still kind of on the periphery of technology. If you're interested in how you can use in Ron printed some really cool coins for me on a 3d printer, check it out. The average guy.tv. It'll be out here in a couple hours. Nice. And on the school of podcasting, I'm going to be sharing some of my insights from hiking around Utah and how they're very close to podcasting in some ways. And I'm actually going to be playing some clips from my actual presentation and my phone is blacked out. So I don't know how much time we have left. Hey, 13 seconds. This is where I wrap it up and say, we'll see you again next week. Stick around for some post show. 